All right, we're back. We have about, I don't know, 10 or 12 minutes left. Let's do some science. Let's start with the fact that congratulations are due NASA for their Messenger spacecraft, which achieved orbital insertion at the planet Mercury last week. Although we've landed spacecraft on the moon, Venus, Mars, a couple of asteroids, and Saturn's moon Titan, we've yet to put anything into orbit around the planet Mercury. So as the mission unfolds uh, from the Mercury spacecraft, we're going to learn a lot about the first planet orbiting our sun. Closer to Earth, we have some bad news in the shellfish department, starting with shrimp on Prozac. Nobody's giving the crustaceans the pres a prescription for the antidepressant, but shrimp are consuming it n nonetheless due to the fact that runoff of human waste feeds into estuaries and other waterways where shrimp often congregate. Apparently, the shrimp don't get a lift from the antidepressant, uh, based on a new study, but they do become reckless and abandon the darker waters where they are less visible to predators and seek sunny, bright areas instead, which puts them in danger of being eaten. Apparently, in a parallel fashion to how it works in humans, Prozac makes the shrimp's nerves more sensitive to serotonin, a brain chemical known to alter moods and sleep patterns. These chemicals, by the way, are likely affecting a large range of fish, but researchers focused on shrimp because they're common and they're important in our food chain. And no, if you're feeling down, we don't recommend that you order the scampi. Bad news about shell food part two. Turns out that oysters, once a bountiful food throughout the world, are now a rare and expensive delicacy, according to a Nature Conservancy study. Oyster reefs have all but disappeared since the late 19th century due to overharvesting, pollution, and disease. Researchers found roughly 85% of wild oyster beds, once the dominant ecosystem in the world's temperate bays, to be functionally extinct, meaning that, that the bivalves are too few to have a significant impact on their habitat, including one of their uh, better impacts on the water supply, which is that it gets filtered through them. Three-quarters of the world's surviving oyster beds now live in just five regions of North America, and the researchers found that only one of them was healthy. The Gulf of Mexico is likely the last place where there's a chance to preserve the reefs as sustainable fisheries, according to lead author Mike Beck. We would add that fortunately the BP oil spill did not apparently do irreparable harm to the Gulf's oyster beds. But uh, Mr. Beck was rather pessimistic about the future. He said that anywhere where oysters are in abundance, we're doing the job to take every last one, it seems. Maybe it's time to quit ordering oysters for a decade or two, eh? Speaking of reefs, we're talking about oyster beds a while back. And by the way, San Francisco Bay used to be filled with oyster beds. And a couple years back, we contacted a researcher who noted that they were appearing to make a comeback. We have to follow up on that in the future. But uh, the other type of reef that's of great concern, the coral reef, may have had a bit of good news. Apparently, the Coral Whisperer Project, which was came out as a result of the 2002 Kiowa Violet cargo ship uh, wreck on the Micronesian island of Yap. Well, the story there is that the, the islanders took the shipping company to court, and with the help of this Coral Whisperer's tests, which examined whether the parts of the coral that didn't look damaged may actually be showing signs of stress, revealed that it was, which increased the settlement from the shipping company. Shipping company appealed that decision, but in the end it paid up. Apparently in the wake of this wreck, uh, Robert Richmond, a coral forensics expert at the University of Hawaii, was brought in to apply some uh, medical technology to examine the state of health of the coral. 
and was able to determine which of five different methods was uh, damaging the coral in this instance. And this test may have some application in other coral reefs around the world to determine how best to save them. The majority of these science items, by the way, do come from New Scientist magazines. So let's take one more from the feedback section. We love this one. They reported a couple weeks back on a Twitter post by a man who proclaimed, Your brain is 80% water. You remember stuff. Water has memory. Therefore, homeopathy works. A repost by Eric Chang on the Quarter to Three web forum that mockingly employs the same logic stated, Your brain uses electricity. The coffee machine uses electricity. Therefore, your brain can grind coffee. In addition to that, the magazine quoted uh, a woman named Maggie Bolt, who sent a tourism advertisement which stated, Iceland is more than halfway round the world for Australians. The magazine had to note that more than halfway is less than halfway, depending on which way you decide to go round. And uh, this just in, DNA studies comparing uh, human beings to apes have had a new wrinkle in the wake of the new evidence from uh, Neanderthals, which showed that they too had lost uh, two key regulatory genes as Homo sapiens, which make us differ from the chimps. This means that Neanderthals, like we Homo sapiens, had lost features possessed by our common ancestor, which include facial whiskers, and the penis bone. Personally, I've never understood why it is our uh, ape cousins had to have bones in their penis when we seem to get by just fine without them, but that's, that's just more anthropology than I know. And uh, for those of you keen to know more about this, the penis bone is known as the baculum, or os penis. Notes Wikipedia, it is absent in humans, but present in other primates, such as the closely related chimpanzee. The bone aids in sexual intercourse. Fill in your wisecrack here. And uh, in follow-up on an item we mentioned uh, many months ago about the mathematician who was advocating the use of tau instead of pi, with all sorts of cockamamie reasoning why tau was better, since although tau was equivalent to two pi, Roger Calvert sounded off on this in New Scientist magazine saying, the question of whether you prefer the circle constant pi or tau essentially is essentially the same as whether you prefer radius or diameter. Mathematicians tend to prefer radius as it makes for neat equations and can be used for setting their compasses. Engineers, on the other hand, prefer diameter as it is far easier to measure using, say, a micrometer. Use whichever you like according to context. There is no better or worse. Well, that's what we thought. And uh, next to final item of the day, there was a correction in, in our favorite science magazine, New Scientist, regarding their article on the science of everyday life. They underestimated the difference in the rate at which your head ages per day compared to your feet due to the effects of general relativity. It should have been 10 to the negative 11 seconds per day, not 10 to the negative 12th. And uh, frankly, I don't know how they could have made an error like that. Jeez, guys, stay sharp. And it appears that the controversy over the cotto femoralis muscle of the Tyrannosaurus rex has been settled. Yay. Researchers at the University of Alberta in Edmonton studied modern-day reptiles to help them reconstruct the tail muscles of the T-rex from fossilized bones. They found that the big muscle on the underside of the tail, the cotto femoralis, 
was up to 45% larger than had been thought. Said researcher Scott Pearson, when you think of T-Rex, think of something with a very, very beefy rear end. This story was captioned, by the way, a new scientist with, does this make Tyrannosaurus Rex's bum look big? I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough cause you notice that butt was stuck. Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh baby, I wanna get whipped up and take your picture. That's it for today's program. This program was produced by Edward McMillan, as they all are. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. In the weeks to come, we will bring you Mark Hertzgard to talk about his book, Hot, Living Through the Next 50 Years on Earth. We always love hearing from you, dear listeners, so don't hesitate to drop us a line at info at radioparallax.com. We'll see you next week. So, fellas, yeah. fellas, yeah. Has your girlfriend got the butt? Hell, Hell yeah. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. Shake that healthy butt. Baby got back.